Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of the Ezra Levent Show. If you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching Ezra's Daily Show, as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnews.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support The Rebel without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free, audio-only version of the show. Hey folks, are you feeling safer now when it comes to the coronavirus? I'll be talking about Justin Trudeau's newly announced measures. It's March 16, 2020, and you're watching The Ezra Levent Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're the biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. It's perversely amusing to see how so many pundits in the left-leaning media party are applauding the Prime Minister and his assorted cabinet ministers, noting how they are saying all the right things when it comes to COVID-19 precautions. Well, they are saying all the right things, but as the saying goes, deeds speak. And when it comes to doing the right things, well, I'm kind of having a Clara Peller moment right now. Where's the beef? Earlier today, Justin Trudeau said that come Wednesday, the borders will be closed to non-Canadian citizens, with the exception of immediate family members, permanent residents, diplomats, air crews, and U.S. citizens. Really? Do, do you believe that? Do you think for one second that Roxham Road will now be closed to illegal migrants? I highly doubt that. Maybe it's time to visit that border crossing again. And anyway, immediate family members, well, that could be non-Canadians too, can't it? In fact, some cabinet ministers are actually lying about the supposed COVID-19 precautions. I'm sorry, there's just no way to sugarcoat that, folks. Take, for example, Bill Blair, who used to be Toronto's police chief. Now, Mr. Blair knows a lot about safety, especially when it comes to keeping himself safe. Did you know that Bill Blair doesn't actually live in his crime-ridden riding of Scarborough Southwest? Oh, no. Blair resides all the way across Hogtown in Forest Hill, one of the city's wealthiest and safest communities. Anyway, here's Blair's tweet. Since the disease first began to spread in Hubei, we immediately took action by enhancing our border measures through additional screening, questions, examinations, and advice to mitigate 
the risk to passengers and others. Well, I'm sorry, but Blair is indeed lying about those added measures. And yes, I have the beef to back up that statement. Check out our January visit to Toronto's Pearson International Airport in January, in which we asked travelers arriving from China if they were being subjected to any extra screening. Hi, are you just arriving from China? Yeah. I'm just wondering, um, were you asked any special screening questions by security? Uh-huh. Oh, um, did When you were coming through customs, ah, yeah. did they ask you if you had any coughing symptoms, fever, anything like that? Uh, not, no. No, no actually, just uh, asking uh, how long have you been in China, which city? Okay. Oh, oh, but through the machine, uh, I um, asked about uh, are you came to the Wuhan before? Yeah. And that was it then? Right? Yeah, just okay. uh, so, yeah. Thank you, sir. When you went through customs, was there any kind of special screening? Did they ask you questions about uh, fever or coughing? No, actually they don't. They just ask where you come from and that's okay. it. And even though you came from China, they didn't do any kind of additional screening whatsoever. They just waved you through. Yeah, I mean, they have a question on the machine, ask you, have you been to that city, have a fever? Uh-huh. And then that's all. That's all. Okay, then. And so uh, you didn't notice any kind of special screening out of the ordinary then? No. Okay, then. And where in China have you arrived from, sir? I arrived from Shanghai. And then, more recently, we popped by Pearson to interview Iranians and Iranian-Canadians flying into Toronto from the Middle East via London, England. And shockingly, no enhanced screening and no mandatory quarantines, even though these people were flying in from the number two hotspot in the world when it comes to the number of patients who have died and are sick with COVID-19. But hey, the feds, for whatever reason, they're prepared to roll the dice when it comes to public safety, it would seem. Suddenly, it would appear they are, oh, I don't know, fiscal conservatives when it comes to investing in the equipment that would screen people flying in from the world's hot zones. And hey, if jet setters really, really promise, and I'm talking pinky square here, that they are going to self-quarantine for the recommended 14 days, well, who are we to question the honor system? And do you get the feeling that the priority when it comes to dealing with this virus is to avoid anything that might be considered as being, well, you know, racist. After all, perceived nastiness might be worse than a deadly disease, according to the folks who are toiling away at the Ministry of Hurt Feelings. Uh, you think I jest? Oh, contraire, folks. Check out this line item announced by the feds last week for fighting the COVID-19 virus. 2.6 million in research funds will be spent on, quote, how to combat discrimination, racism, and social media misinformation, end quote. Gee, what's racist about a deadly virus? Oh, maybe this has something to do with those barbarians who are still referring to the virus by its original name, Wuhan flu. Well, Wuhan was the epicenter for this viral outbreak. But apparently saying so is now a big no-no. Gee, am I a bigot for referring to the 1919 pandemic as Spanish flu? <laughs> I guess so. You know, it brings to mind the efforts by the uber-liberal York Region District School Board that to even refer to the ge geographic origin of this flu and to call for a quarantine of people 
is indeed racist in nature. Back in January, this board actually sent out a very condescending letter to parents condemning them for signing a petition asking the board to take proactive steps to curtail the virus. Check it out. Well, folks, with the coronavirus spreading like proverbial wildfire, a petition went out recently in York Region uh, signed by more than 10,000 parents of children going to York Region school boards. It notes that with the incubation period being 14 days for the coronavirus, it might be prudent to have a quarantine period of 17 days for people returning from China to Canada. Well, naturally, uh, the York Region District School Board responded with um, implications that this was a racist petition. Um, a school board trustee and the Director of Education, Louise Sarisco, wrote what has to be a very condescending letter to parents it states uh, partly the following. While the virus can be traced to a province in China, we have to be cautious that this is not to be seen as a Chinese virus. Those who are afflicted or are potential transmitters are not just people of Chinese origin, end quote. But that's the thing, folks. The petition is very carefully worded. It doesn't say to quarantine Chinese people or Asian people. It just says people returning from China. But of course, the way the school board has interpreted this, it is, um, I suppose, white on Asian racism by those parents who are concerned about the safety of their children. Oh, by the way, if you look at many of the names on that petition, they are ethnic Chinese names. That's right, Chinese parents concerned for their kids' safety were signing that petition. So. Gee, I guess in the eyes of the York Region District School Board, those of Chinese descent can be racist against those who are Chinese? Wow, what politically correct madness. Bottom line, how perversely ironic that it is the institutions in the private sector that are voluntarily being proactive in fighting the COVID-19 virus. I speak of all the professional major league sports leagues, from basketball and hockey to golf and auto racing, that have suspended their seasons at the cost of billions of dollars in lost revenues. I speak of the live theaters that are now dark and the major tourist attractions ranging from aquariums and museums to theme parks that are now shuttered. Again, all on a voluntary basis. Again, at a cost of billions and billions of dollars in lost revenues. But our federal government, oh no, to do the heavy lifting on this issue, such as truly closing all the airports and putting up fences at illegal border crossings and implementing mandatory quarantines? Oh, sorry, folks. That is simply off the table. Hey, public safety is supposed to be our prime directive, but if ensuring public safety comes across as, well, you know, racist or culturally insensitive, uh, then I guess if you are a member of the Justin Trudeau Liberals, then public safety is a tad overrated, isn't it? Well, as I like to call it, welcome to the new abnormal, folks. 
everything seems to be closing down and being postponed and suspended. And it's kind of interesting to see how various leaders are reacting to the coronavirus, isn't it? We've just had Justin Trudeau's announcement earlier today. And of course, there was uh, Premier Kenny weighing in on Alberta yesterday. And with more on this is our Alberta correspondent, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Welcome to the Ezra Event Show, Sheila. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on the show. You got it. Now, first of all, um, can you inform people who aren't living in Alberta, Sheila, what exactly it was that uh, Jason Kenney tackled in terms of his reaction to the COVID-19? So uh, in Alberta here, we have daily press conferences. They're live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, and to Twitter so that the information is getting out to the public as fast as possible. They're giving us a count every single day of what's happening, and, and things are changing every single day. For example, on Friday, they announced that schools would not be closed, and as circumstances changed yesterday, um, uh, so Sunday afternoon, the uh, government did announce that schools would be closed. But also during that press conference, Jason Kenney said that he was um, frustrated, and I'm paraphrasing here, with the action of the federal government um, with regard to safety at the airport. Um, and so um, Jason Kenney released $500 million in emergency funding to our healthcare system. But he's also deploying provincial resources to the border and Alberta points of entry. During Jason Kenney's press conference, too, he did say that Alberta does have the ability to shut down international flights that are landing here. Um, and he said that he wasn't willing to use that quite yet. But that was a tool that he expressed that Albertans have at their disposal. Unlike Bill Blair, the federal minister responsible for our border, Jason Kenney went down to the airport, to the Edmonton International Airport, to the international arrivals to look for himself to see exactly what was happening when people are getting off of international flights. Now, Edmonton's not really an international hub, but it is, you know, where if people are landing in Vancouver from China, then this is how you, you just hop a domestic flight and you're here. So he went down to see the screening and he was absolutely not satisfied with what he saw. And he said that he would be deploying provincial resources um, to the border. Um, also, uh, in stark contrast to what um, Justin Trudeau has done, Justin Trudeau decided to cancel Parliament for five weeks. He wouldn't close the border, but he would give himself a five-week holiday <laughs> from work because that's what was most important to him. Whereas in Alberta, Jason Kenney is shutting down everything else but keeping the legislature open for business. Now, not for tours and that kind of stuff. But he said it's very important that politicians keep working and doing the business of government um, because that's all that stuff still needs to happen. We can't be shutting down government and still allowing a thousand international travelers into the country every single day. So it's really been a stark just juxtaposition um, between what Jason Kenney's done and what Justin Trudeau has done. And I think some of the pressure from provinces like Quebec and Alberta to take matters into their own hands sort of forced uh, Justin Trudeau's hand today.
You know, that's very interesting. There's so many angles on this issue, Sheila. And one of them, you know, our, our friend at the Toronto Sun, Joe Warmington, uh, he had a bit of a scoop when he reported a few days ago that the casinos, the government-run casinos here in Ontario were still open for business until yesterday afternoon. I think it was that exposure yep. that, uh, you know, pushed the government's hand to say, that's it, they're closing down too. But I noticed um, with a very brief internet search of Alberta casinos, they're still operating. In fact, one of the ones I looked at, they, they weren't even addressing the coronavirus uh, concerns, unlike some of their competitors that said we're, you know, enhancing hygiene efforts and what have you. What is the um, jurisdictional issue there in terms of who holds the club to shut down those particular casinos, Sheila? Um, well, casinos are licensed by the provincial government. However, I think, so, I mean, it'd be pretty easy for the provincial government to just yank their license temporarily. However, I think it might fall on the municipalities to make that sort of move. Um, the casinos with Ed, within Edmonton versus the casinos that are outside Edmonton city limits that are on First Nations reserves. Um there's a whole bunch of jurisdictional issues when it comes to casinos, but I thought it was kind of interesting to see that there are restrictions being put on on churches, um, you know, with regard to how many people can be in attendance, uh, but, you know, churches that are over 250 people, some some gatherings of over 50 people are being now, um, the government sort of doesn't want those happening. So I thought it was funny that the government specifically mentioned churches and places of worship and sort of discouraging people from uh, going to all those places, but uh, the casinos were just fine and dandy. It's a... Uh, 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 stark indictment of the state of our society these days. Oh, 100%. I mean, they call that, uh, you know, gambling lotteries. They call it an idiot tax, uh, Sheila. And uh, I guess there's yeah. a reluctance on government to turn off the taps on the number of uh, idiots <laughs> that are yeah. betting the milk money. And that's kind of sad in and of itself. But, you know, this is one of the points I'm leading up to, Sheila. As we saw in the last week, uh, for sure, um, major sports leagues like the NBA and NHL, Formula One, PGA shutting down, um, theaters, theme parks, you name it. And these are all private sector operations. These are all voluntary uh, shutdowns. And I just think there's an, a real measure of hypocrisy when there's any government of any stripe that, it, that which holds the hammer to shut things down and they carry on as business as usual. Would you agree there's um, some shameful hypocrisy at play here? Yeah, you know, it's funny. You see the federal government shutting things down that are of benefit to them, like they're not sitting in the House of Commons, which, uh, frankly, that's of benefit to Canadians. The less those guys are working, the better. Um, in Calgary, um, they declared a state of emergency last night so that they could better handle things. They are closing down... Um, the uh, Cal like municipal recreation centers and stuff like that. But it is funny to see the reaction at the local level and at the provincial level. And then you see how the feds have completely dithered on this. They have dropped the ball on the big issues. We know, what was it, 70, 80, 90% depends on where you get your numbers from. Um, 
of the cases of COVID-19 are travel related, either people who have brought it into the country or who have had close contact with people who have brought it into the country. And yet for weeks and weeks and weeks, the government has done nothing to prevent uh, COVID-19 from coming into the country. And now, at least in Alberta, we've got community spread. So we have cases now that are popping up that they don't even know how they got it. So they're just getting it from someone who's loose in the community. And that is um, a scary thing um, when now we can't even trace the cases back to the source, um, which means there are so many more cases out there that we don't know about. And, and, they could have been stopped weeks ago when we saw what was unfolding in Wuhan, when we saw what was beginning to happen in Italy, and when we see what's sort of unfolding now in Spain. Uh, Canada had enough time to do something to make a real impact, and we just never did. Sheila, I don't think you're supposed to refer to Wuhan by name. That might be considered uh, racist right. or culturally insensitive. And let's not forget, as I mentioned in my monologue, the federal government has donated uh, $2.6 million in its uh, anti-COVID uh, budget uh, in terms of stemming any kind of racism or insensitivity <laughs> or misinformation when it comes to the virus. But, you know, here's the thing I, I, I want to ask you, Sheila. Um, Justin Trudeau announced all kinds of measures that are taking place uh, on Wednesday, certainly lots of exemptions in terms of people that can come into the country. Do you for one second believe that come Wednesday morning, there will be some kind of temporary fence erected at Roxham Road, for example, <laughs> to stem those travelers coming in? What do you think, Sheila? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, it, Roxham Road should have been fenced up um, years ago, years ago. Um, Roxham Road itself has caused uh, a crisis in our immigration system. Now it could potentially cause a crisis in our healthcare system. Um, and you know, for a couple million bucks, the billions of dollars that have sort of been dumped into our immigration system to deal with illegal migration could have been mitigated. Um, but if uh, collapsing the immigration system wasn't a good enough reason to put up a fence at Roxham Road, the healthcare system isn't either. You know, it's amazing, Sheila. We're going to have to wrap it here. Uh, I agree with you. There should have been fencing. There should have been a wall at these uh, irregular boarding crossings uh, mm -hmm. years ago. Um, but you'd think even if you believed in open borders, you would at least, given the exceptional circumstances of COVID-19, at least erect a temporary fence to ensure the public safety of Canadians. And even that won't move the needle on this issue, will it? No, you know what, it, it might be time for a rude awakening for our friends on the left. You can either have open borders or you can have a social safety net, but you can't have both. If you want quality, publicly funded uh, health care, that everybody has access to with enough ventilators in a pandemic, then you cannot have open borders. They're gonna have to choose. And I think this pandemic might force them to. Interesting, well, you know what? This is uncharted territory, Sheila. This story seems to change by the hour. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, lots more to happen still. Who knows where it's gonna lead to? And hopefully months from now, we'll look back and say, well, at least we nipped this in the bud or maybe we're just even in a, a worse situation. 
today can never dream what tomorrow might bring. Sheila, thank you for weighing in on this very important topic today. Thank you, David, and stay healthy. You too, my friend. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the pristine wilderness of northern Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of the Ezra Levent Show to come right after this. Um, I was just uh, talking by way of preamble that I like to call it the coronavirus because I think that's um, the most understandable and sort of catchy, the word corona. COVID-19 doesn't mean much of anything. It's designed to sound jargony and fancy and like you have to be an expert to talk about it. Um, and of course, it avoids uh, the fact that this is from Wuhan, China which is exactly where it's from, uh, even if it wasn't designed as a biological weapon, which I think is a possibility, it's certainly being used as a political weapon by China. I have to say, very, very senior Chinese diplomats have actually, not just implied, they have circulated the conspiracy theory that the virus is in fact a biological weapon deployed by the U.S. Army. So, not only is China not uh, accepting any responsibility for the virus, they're actually blaming America. And the thing that I find even grosser, to tell you the truth, is that, of course, the virus came from China, spread to Iran, spread to Italy, which is a very large Chinese population, especially in its north. So China infected the world. And I say that because they uh, withheld information. They arrested and silenced doctors who were ringing the alarm bell. Um, they lied about statistics. Um, and of course, in China, they don't have a free press at the best of times. So China allowed this coronavirus to spread. And it has killed thousands of people around the world in Iran and in Italy. And the chutzpah for China to now make a big show of sending a few trinkets and baubles of aid to Italy and I think to Spain and say, oh, we're, we are great international citizens. We've just infected your country. Uh, we've hospitalized tens of thousands and killed thousands, but we're great citizens unlike the United States. So we'll give you a, a few thousand bucks worth of, you know, junky Chinese medical gear. It's, that's, I think, a lot more gross uh, than the allegation uh, of the conspiracy theory that the whole thing is an American weapon. Anyways, um, I've been tweeting about this all weekend, and uh, I've been traveling within Canada this weekend, um, and I've been watching, um, and I, I'm using my phone, I, I don't know how to add visual elements as I live stream, maybe that's not even possible. I've been watching the flights from China to Canada in real time. And you can do that by going to the different airports websites. So for example, if you go to YVR, well, thanks, Dennis. Thank you. If you go to YVR.ca, that's the Vancouver airport, which is, of course, the major airport closest to China. Um, they average about five direct flights a day uh, from, um, from China, from Hong Kong, Shanghai, Beijing, Xiamen, Guangzhou, and you can see what time the flights are landing. And they give you the, the, the airline uh, flight um, 
uh, number, like uh, South China Airlines Flight 123 or whatever. And you can type that in to uh, flight trackers. And um, you can watch in real time as these flights fly from these Chinese cities packed with people to Canada. You can watch their progress over the skies. And I haven't checked in a little while, but, um, you know, one was 15 minutes away, one was an hour away, three hours, nine hours. You can see them cross the Pacific and more are scheduled tomorrow. And this was going on all weekend. That was one thing I found very interesting. Uh, another was the absurd um, contention by Bill Blair, Canada's public safety minister, and other cabinet ministers, that there was enhanced screening at Canadian airports, so don't you worry about it. Well, that just wasn't true. I myself uh, came back through customs on Thursday, and I, I didn't come from Asia. I was actually, as you may know, I was out uh, in London covering Tommy Robinson's trial. I wasn't even on the ground there 10 hours, but I did come through customs. I had a single, uh, I went to a kiosk at customs and there was a single question, have you been to Hubei province, Italy or Iran in the last 14 days? I clicked no and that was it. There was no enhanced screening. That's not even screening. That question's in English and in French. How does that help someone who's flying in from China who speaks neither of those languages? And, and what is Hubei province? I mean, I suppose maybe people in China know all the answers to that, but you have to know English and French. You have to know your Chinese geography. You have to pay attention to it. You have to answer honestly. That was it. You pushed one button on a touch screen. And how gross is that? Every single person from that foreign flight pushing the touch screen button. Would you really even want to touch that button? And that was it. I walked right through. There was no uh, tests for fevers. There was no one putting the little thermometer on you. You can do an instant thermometer check without, you know, the old-fashioned way of thermometers putting them in your mouth. You don't have to do that. There's thermometers that go right on your forehead uh, that can take your temperature. Um, so, yeah, there absolutely was none. And then on, <laughs> on Friday, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Bill Blair, the public safety minister, announced there was greatly enhanced screening. Yeah, it was one more question on the touchscreen kiosk. I, I don't even remember what it was exactly. It was like more symptoms or something. But so what? Oh, and they gave you a handout in English or in French because that'll be handy if you're flying in from Xiamen, Guangzhou, uh, or other cities like that. So, yeah, it was really a laugh. And um, other levels of government were starting to panic. I saw that Jason Kenney, the Premier of Alberta, made a personal visit to the Edmonton International Airport, and he was appalled by what he saw. Um, Francois Legault of Quebec did the same thing. I think the Premier of um, Nova Scotia was equally worried. And uh, most incredibly, the city of Montreal was terrified by what was going on, or more accurately, not going on, in uh, Montreal's airport, which just happens to be called the Pierre Trudeau Airport. Uh, so when you have city mayors and provincial premiers stepping in to try to fix our borders in some way, you know it's a disaster. And I read the headlines coming out of Quebec, to the, Quebec today, and they were incredible, calling Trudeau spectacularly incompetent, 
very poor decisions, total idiot, like just absolutely incredible headlines. Um, so today, Trudeau had a press conference that was scheduled for um, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, he was 40 minutes late <laughs> to his own press conference. I mean, it was literally at his own house. So um, it's not like he got lost or something, or maybe he did. Um, and to my surprise, he brought in some measures. Uh, and uh, I was looking before I just clicked record on this for some sort of... Um, written indication of them, but I didn't. So I listened to his speech, and then Christian Freeland and Patty Haidu, uh, the health minister, and Mark Garneau, the transport minister, and Bill Blair, the public safety minister. So I listened to a bunch of speeches, and it sounds like what's happening is there will be absolutely no travel ban between Canada and the United States. Frankly, it would be impossible to do so. Um, but there will be travel bans for other foreigners coming into Canada, unless they're um, immediate family of Canadian citizens. I'm not sure how I feel about that exception, but it's somewhat limited. So um, these bans, travel bans, take uh, effect on Wednesday. Um, so these five, six flights a day from Hong Kong, uh, Shanghai, Beijing to Vancouver, I presume they will stop on Wednesday, but there are some other modest exceptions for pilots, for diplomats, and there was an exception made for trade and business. And I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, I understand if that means cargo. So if you have a plane coming in from China, or frankly any other country, with stuff in it, with boxes of stuff, I get it. Obviously that can come, and I don't know enough about the virus to know how long it can live on inanimate objects, but cargo will continue. But what does it mean, business and trade? I don't know. I mean, I run a little business. It's called Rebel News. Um, if some business in China says, well, we have business in Canada, can they come? I haven't seen the fine print. And let's be honest, do you think Justin Trudeau has thought about such things? He's never run a business before. None of the people in his cabinet have ever done anything of consequence before. They haven't thought about real life before. Um, they're just used to tweeting and selfies, and strangely enough, um, the virus didn't obey. You know, I saw just an absolutely disgraceful press conference yesterday by about five different cabinet ministers. David Lametti, the justice minister, was the worst. Melanie Jolie, all the dumb ones were there. And they were saying, oh, we got super big changes. We just can't tell you about them. And, and David Lametti was boasting about Canada's numbers that were doing so well. Really, David? Um, the number of cases has doubled over the weekend, doubled over the weekend. We're doing really great. And again, they were lying about these enhanced measures. It was just another touch button on the kiosk. So I think what's happening is most foreign travel is stopping. Now, one thing that I found interesting and a tiny bit hopeful was that no one is allowed to board a plane to Canada with, the, with symptoms of the virus. So they're suggesting that they're pushing the testing back from the Canadian side to the foreign side so that the tests, uh, thanks Ben, so the tests would be done if there was a flight from, I don't know, from India, although those flights, I guess it would be occasional foreign flights of diplomats. Of I don't know how that would work. You know, how can you 
have like an almost total ban of a country month, not total. I guess you'd have the occasional flight maybe once a month just for diplomats or something like that. You would think they would go maybe, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I haven't seen the details. But um, apparently no one is allowed to get on a plane if they have symptoms. And I guess they're pushing the airline to test. So will the airlines have thermometers on the other end? If so, I think that's a really good idea. But it makes me think, why do they actually have thermometer tests on the foreign side, but not on the Canadian airport side? I listened pretty carefully to what Bill Blair uh, said was going to happen at Canadian airports. And he said they're going to have even more pieces of paper and even more touchscreen kiosk things to, to click. But it didn't sound like they're having an army of people with the little thermometers. Um... So he's expecting airlines to be more health conscious than the Canadian government. And I think there was a question put to Trudeau um, about, well, will you enforce these quarantines with the force of law? And he said, well, that's something we'll have to think about. Well, yeah, I think. And I think he's had three months to think about it. Um, and he needs to make a decision. If you're going to quarantine people, is it going to be a real quarantine or is it going to be sort of a fake quarantine? Quarantine where they might just go out once in a while. Because that's not much of a quarantine at all. I was, part of me was worried that they were going to put Canada under some sort of a martial law. And I know that sounds like a crazy thing, but uh, Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, put the entire province of Quebec under martial law using the War Measures Act. In that case, there was the FLQ terrorists had set off some bombs right beforehand. Um, I thought maybe Trudeau would try and pay homage to his dad and tap into that historical echo, but he didn't. Um, at least that would show decisiveness. I mean, is it decisive to ban some foreign flights? Yes. Is it a good idea to ask uh, airlines to do testing on the foreign end rather than the domestic end of flight? Yeah, it's a good idea. But when someone gets off a plane and is symptomatic, is wheezing, coughing, all the bad things, high fever, then what? Quarantine. Well, what does that mean to be quarantined? Voluntary? If you're not going to have some sort of rule, some sort of enforcement, hey, thanks very much, Quickman. Um, how's that going to work? We don't want to be too authoritarian, but... If, if someone really is like a typhoid Mary, maybe there is a public health argument to confining them to their homes on some sort of penalty. I don't think Canada yet has any penalty for people who break a quarantine. I'm not talking about people who, uh, oh, I missed um, a super chat there. There we go, DJM. Please, everyone, stay safe. I'm saddened that the coronavirus will be used as an excuse to bring in Chinese-style socialism, government monitoring and destruction of privacy and civil liberties. Well, that's an interesting point right there, because, um, and thank you for that comment, um, because, uh, you know, the left always has that phrase, never let a crisis go to waste. Um, you know, uh, Ari uh, Emanuel, uh, sorry, uh, Rahm Emanuel, um, Barack Obama's former chief of staff, used to say that all the time, never let a crisis go to waste. And... Uh, I was, I thought Justin Trudeau would for sure use this for certain things. Thanks, Deboucher. Um I think it's sort of the opposite. 
I think he's generally indecisive and vague and doesn't know what to do. I think he's a little bit lazy. I think his head's a little cloudy. Um, we know that he uses marijuana and alcohol and has done so since becoming an MP. I, we don't have hard evidence that he's done so since becoming PM, but I, I don't think he's engaged in the world. And I think he was hands off in this whole thing. I recall a couple months ago, maybe it was a month ago, when the first coronavirus case came to Ontario and it was a weekend and the province of Ontario had an emergency weekend press conference with the Ontario public health officer and Ontario officials, not the federal health department, not Trudeau's people, no Trudeau cabinet ministers. They were all out partying and tweeting selfies. Um, so I think Trudeau was simply in vacation mode. He didn't want to deal with it. And he's been dragged into this late. And I'm worried, um, like I say, today alone, 1,000 people will be arriving in Vancouver alone from China. And there are two flights that I could see going in Toronto, into Toronto Pearson from China. And uh, I didn't see one today in Montreal's airport. I didn't check Calgary or Edmonton. Um... So I, th I'm, I think that instead of using this crisis to clamp down on civil liberties, I thought that Justin Trudeau was sort of not quite welcoming the crisis, but certainly not opposing it, being very passive. And I thought this was for two reasons. First of all, I think he's really weird about depopulation and seniors, and he's the opposite of a pro-life person. I think he, in his own perverse population control kind of way welcomes the virus. I know that's a strange thing to say, but I think that is his general ideology. And second of all, there's no way that Justin Trudeau would ever do anything that would embarrass communist China. So that's why I think he was one of the last leaders in the free world to allow direct flights from China. There are flights literally right now over the Pacific Ocean heading to Vancouver. If you tell me, go to yvr.ca. Uh, that's the Vancouver airport site, and just click on arrivals, and you can see, scan down it, you can see them, or I, I tweeted a list of them earlier today. So um, what's good? Well, good is there's a real damper and a great reduction of foreign travel to Canada. Second of all, those foreign flights will now go to four airports. Now, they most of them are going to those four airports anyways, Calgary, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto. Jimmy Lawrence. Hi, Ezra. Hope it's not too too late. Let me just click that to get conspiracy theorists are saying this is similar proteins to the AIDS virus. Look, I simply don't know. Um, and I don't know the provenance, uh, the uh, origin of this virus. Some people thought it might have been those gross wet markets, as they're called, where people buy live animals and even eat them live in some cases, like bats. Ooh. Um, so is that the source of the virus or is that Wuhan Biological Research Station? Um, who knows? I really don't know. Um, so the, the direct flights from China will probably end on Wednesday, although there will be some exceptions, as I mentioned. If you're immediate family of Canadian citizens, if you're diplomats or their family, you can come in um, still. Uh, Americans can come in still. Uh, now, luckily, America already shut down, uh, shut down a lot of its foreign flights. 
hot soup. Has the government asked, let me just click on that. Has the government asked about the two Canadians being held hostage in China? Are they being quarantined in prison? What a great question. And by the way, they were kidnapped in December of 2018. So January, February, March, we're at 15 months now. Um, so I think that we're in the soup, I, not bad soup, but uh, other troubling soup. I think Trudeau has done less and done it later than pretty much every country in the world. The UK has not been particularly effective. Singapore and Taiwan and Korea have managed to wrestle things to the ground, and they're right there in the hot zone. Um, Israel has taken extraordinary measures of uh, isolation and quarantine. I'm not quite sure why they're going so hardcore on it. Uh, maybe it's because they, they're a very traveling country. They're a small country in the middle of the world, really, at the juncture of Africa, Asia, and Europe. And so their people travel a lot. Flights are cheap, and they're the gateway to so many things. I don't know why Israel's gone so hardline, shutting down all tourism, all people coming in from abroad, 14-day quarantine, strictly enforced, uh, very heavy duty. Um, we've been going for 20 minutes here. Let me take some more questions, and thanks for those super chats. If you make a super chat, I'll, be, I'll make a point of reading it. Um, I don't think I missed too many. Um, so uh, Chris Pickin just sent $20 on PayPal. Keep up the good work. Appreciate all you do. Keep the news real. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, whoops. What else we got here? Uh, we Americans see Trudeau as a puppet of the deep state cabal. Well, puppet for sure. He's certainly not his own man. Uh, there's another agenda to help reduce. Okay, these are coming through pretty quick. Um, Israel takes a hard line on its border. What gives? Well, I support, uh, I support borders for Israel and for Canada. Anyone who watches my show or our videos knows we're very strong. Oh, I saw someone earlier. Sorry, I just remembered. Um, someone said, what about Roxham Road? That's a very good question. Because, of course, Roxham Road is between Canada and the United States. But, of course, the people coming across that road are not American citizens or permanent residents or anything like that. They're illegals. That's why they're sneaking up here. I bet you a dollar that Trudeau will not shut down Roxham Road. I bet you he absolutely won't. Trudeau barred rebel media from the conference. He did. Yeah, we uh, applied to attend the conference as per his instructions, and we were turned down. I wonder why. Um, Canada closes borders to non-residents 25 minutes ago. Not quite. Americans are still allowed to come here, and these uh, flight bans don't take place till Wednesday. But close enough. Why won't he shut Roxham? It's part of his ideology. He believes in open borders. Whatever, $6.99, when is the government going to close the Roxham Road crossing? Why on earth they continue to keep that open? As I was saying, I think it's part of Trudeau's open borders ideology. I think it's sort of his slap in the face at Donald Trump. And of course, you bring in 50, 100,000 people, they're absolutely going to be liberal voters. Of course they are. Send Kean. Yeah, Kean was just down there the other day. Moni TV, thanks very much for that. Can you say xenophobic? Uh, I can say it, but I don't believe it uh, because the virus came from Wuhan, China. Um, that's just a fact. Uh, Iran was another hotspot and Italy. And we actually, here's the irony, uh, xenophobia commenter, we shut down flights from Italy a week ago, but there's still flights from um, China to this day. So how is it xenophobic to ban the flights from Italy 
but not China, the source of the virus. And it's not just that it's a source of the virus, it's that we can't trust the government there at all. We can't trust their statistics. We can't trust their reporting. We can't trust anything that comes from them. Um, slap in the face of Trump, Trudeau, that's the one that's going to be sorry. Yeah, well, Trudeau keeps pulling the tail of the lion, and the lion ignores him, but one day he won't. One day he'll tear him to pieces, and that'll be bad for our country. Reagan says it's a bioweapon. Well, it certainly is, isn't it? Eugene Yi, where's your proof? Proof of what? The virus came from Wuhan. Um, the Chinese government does not deny that. Uh, now, well, now they're circulating a conspiracy theory to the contrary. Um, we need info on what China did in Winnipeg. Well, I think you're referring to the fact that in Winnipeg, one of Canada's high-security virus labs is, and Trudeau bizarrely approved sending the Ebola virus from Canada to China. Why? And then there was a Chinese national working at that virology lab in Winnipeg who was suddenly frog-marched out of the office and fired, obviously, for some sort of espionage. Um, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever learn more about that, the truth about that. Neither uh, Trudeau nor China would want us to hear it. Spanish flu didn't rate, oh, let me get that, didn't originate in Spain. Stop spreading misinformation, Ezra. All right, well, I'll do some studying on where different things were named. I know German measles and, um, well, I know Ebola for certain was named after uh, the region. Um, my point is it's not, it's simply not pejorative to call a place after its name. Uh, and it's deceptive to try and hide the origin of it. And like I say, I want to know where the virus came from. Was it natural or was it related to the virus lab there? Depp Burns says Trudeau getting his wish to go full dictator, his preferred mode of governing. Well, I, I wouldn't say he's done that quite yet. In fact, in some ways, he's been very um, hands-off still. Um, is this the Wuhan coronavirus 2 and forever will be to me? Trudeau and all his people kind with the CCP have blood on their hands. Yeah, I mean, Trudeau is so chummy with China. Um, and it reflects in so many things. Joe Doyle, if we can't call it the Wuhan virus, then I propose calling it the Mao virus for humorous reasons. Um, yeah, but of course the president uh, in China now is Xi Jinping, and he deserves a lot of responsibility for this. Pluto Tree says, keep it up. Thank you very much. And uh, Oriana Fisher says, today we try to withdraw money from the Royal Bank of Canada. Um, they're only allowing $3,000 limit for many of your accounts, stating that may change as the week progresses. Any thoughts, Ezra? Well, you know what? I had a similar experience myself. Um, uh, that was even more dramatic than that. And it hasn't, uh, Ezra, you don't look so good, says Jade. It's the orange light in here. I'm I'm on the road and uh, I, I look orange. I don't look orange uh, in person uh, that much, I don't think. Um, yeah, RBC, I don't uh, doubt that. And uh, that's going to cause some panic, that's for sure. Um, Russian bot. Freedom has always been paid for with blood. Uh, there's some truth there. Um, support the truth. Uh, Orange Ezra bad. Kung flu. Peter Nows, coronavirus affect leadership race. You're thought, okay, you're talking about the Conservative Party of Canada leadership race. Yeah, of course it'll uh, affect the race because people can't campaign with person-to-person -person campaigning, with big group campaigning. So it uh, turns to more who has the uh, digital campaign. 
Ed Sweet, keep up the good work, thinks that who has a bigger online presence and who has a bigger name recognition. So I think that um, Idris Elba has coronavirus. I saw that he's, uh, I saw that. I saw his tweet to that effect. Um, back to the conservative leadership race here in Canada. Obviously, it's to the benefit of both Peter McKay and Aaron O'Toole, who really are the only two that have the name recognition, uh, if campaigning continues uh, during this time. But frankly, it's not top of mind for me. I, I'm not that engrossed in the Tory leadership race. It's not my top priority. Maria says, hi from Finland. Hi there. I'm yawning. I'm sorry I didn't have a lot of sleep. Ezra, you don't look too good. <laughs> no, it's just lack of sleep. Um, China is evil to animals. Well, listen, um, I think that's true, but it's more evil to people. And um, I think one of the reasons to be nice to animals is because if you're nice to an animal, imagine how much nicer you'll be even to people. You look like Trump today. I don't know why it's orange. I don't know if that's the light. I got a light over here. I opened the blind. They eat bats in China, I know. China eats people, no. I'm saying if you're nice to animals, it's. I think it's more likely you'll be nice to people. Sometimes serial killers, there's sort of a connection between torturing animals. I'm, I'm not making a big big thing about it. I'm just saying there's some correlation. Mr. Torius say, from London, UK, love your news work, Rebel News, especially what you're doing for Tommy Robinson. Also, I hope you win your case against that freak, Jay Yaniv. <laughs> well, Yaniv was supposed to have a hearing in Vancouver today, but I think they shut down all the courts. I think they shut down the courts in most Canadian jurisdictions, except for emergency matters. Aubrey, Ezra, can you shed some light on the rumor or fact that Trudeau and Sophie are split and she's leaving him? Is this possibly true or is it false? I have no information about that. Carbon unit Dale, $1. Thank you. Um, it is true that they're rarely seen together and she, they often travel apart and sometimes she doesn't wear a wedding ring. But I don't have any information other than what I've just told you. Cindy McSeven, $20. God bless you, Ezra and Rebel. I guess Trump called Trudeau and said, you don't close your borders. We will. I trolled Trudeau all weekend. He didn't block me. Laugh out loud. Yeah. I mean, look, it's I don't even know if it's possible to close the border between Canada and the United States. First of all, it's the world's longest undefended border. Um, I don't know. It would dis uh, be a disaster for our economy. And you would think that, uh, Ezra, you're glad you didn't go through that coffin cruise ship. We canceled our cruise. I didn't want to do it because I was really looking forward to the cruise. We had people signed up, but you can't. You can't tell people to go on a cruise and with this uh, hanging in the air. So, unfortunately, we canceled our cruise. And we had one other event. Um overseas that we canceled as well. I'm sorry, but hopefully we'll have a chance to do those again. Calvin Art, did True North get into JD's presser? I don't know if they applied, but I doubt they would. Natalia, 13 Monkeys, good film. I think you mean 12 Monkeys. I have, maybe there's a sequel called 13. I really like 12 Monkeys. Um, send Kean back to Roxham for an update, Ray, Ray, says Raylene. That's a good idea. I'll ask him. To go there, I think he did a great job. I just want to see if that Roxham Road is closed. I think people would expect it to be, but uh, I am quite sure it's not. Well, folks, we've been going for about half an hour, and uh, I covered some ground. I hope you thought it was useful. Uh, any other questions, put them now. I'll take a quick glance if anything interesting pops up. Otherwise, I think I'm going to uh, say goodbye for now. And I'm still on the road tomorrow, but I will do my best to be back in studio on... Wednesday.
folks, here's my final thought on the coronavirus, and it's this. I simply do not trust the people in Ottawa to protect public safety. And that is why when these so-called new public safety measures get enacted on Wednesday, I'm going to be visiting Pearson International Airport in Toronto. I'm going to see if anything has truly changed on this front. And when I do that report, please tune in to Rebel News and see what I find out come Wednesday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Ezra Levant will be back later this week. He's currently on assignment. And thank you for viewing.